And now another episode of Mind Escape with Michael and Maurice. Take it away, Michael. Maurice's Mind Escape. We have episode number 83 today. Uh, It's going to be part one of a two-part series. This one's going to be on Easter Island. uh, And the first part's going to be about the mainstream and uh, the mainstream theories and the history of Easter Island. So, Maurice, what do you know about Easter Island? Do you know very little? I don't know much. I know the Pink Floyd <laughs> album that has a couple of the rock formations on it, but those are called. No, you know, I know a little bit. They, the, those the are old, called Moai. Okay, so I, I, it's an older civilization that built some crazy stone structures. Yeah. So, all right, we're gonna get this up. Like here. I don't know anything in depth. I know a lot of general information about a lot of things. Right. When it comes to getting in depth, that's when I go to the masters. That's when I call you up. All right. Or so, Uncle John. So here's Easter Island. Um, you know, roughly, let's see here if I can pull up the other one. Okay. So like, so like um, 1000 BC, roughly, the indigenous people of the Philippines and uh, Indonesia started uh, migrating okay. east. Um, so they started kind of by where like Australia, Indonesia, like that area over there. Um, yeah, yeah. And we know, I mean, that's 1000 BC. We know pre-Younger Dryas or Younger Dryas era, there was a land bridge that kind of connected Australia to the bottom of Indonesia. Um, So I'm sure their ancestors came from that area over there. But yeah, so like 1000 BC, the people of the Philippines, Indonesia, Australia, you know, that area started migrating east um, on boats and... uh, we well, always talked about that symbol, that circle symbol. Well, let's we'll look to that. That'll that'll okay. that'll be part of the alternative stuff because the the mainstream people don't want to hear about that. Um, okay, my bad. Didn't know you were going there. No, no, it's fine. We, we're going to get to that, but like I said, we're going to do that in part two, where we're going to do all the stuff with like Thor Heyerdahl, um, you know, Robert Schock, uh, Doctor Anthony Parrot, like all that kind of. You know, it's still academic stuff, but it's pretty alternative. So we'll get into that in part two. Um, but so some of these people landed in Micronesia, some of them in Melanesia. Um, and uh, as you can see there, the map shows you kind of how the areas are categorized. Um, they're all part of a larger uh, body of area called Oceania. Um, <clears throat> it's actually Easter Island's one of the most remote places on the planet. Uh, the nearest islands are the Pitcairn Islands, which are like 1,200 miles to the west. Um, and then you have the Juan Fernandez Islands, which are like 1,800 miles to the east, which are closer to like uh, Chile, which Easter Island is actually part of uh, Chile. Um, What's going on there now? Is it? <clears throat> it's still the same pe- the, the people. Is it modernized? Or? Well, yeah, I mean, not modernized, but the, the people there are the descendants of the Rapa Nui people, which we'll get into here in a second. Um, but yeah, so it's, 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 you know, out in the middle there here. Let me go back to, uh, let's get this one. So I think I have a different, well, I know a lot of those zones down there, like in Chile and they're heavily popular, they're, uh, heavily visited by tourists and stuff. I was just wondering, right what the rap was down there like in egypt if the 
the dude that was in power was had all that stuff under wraps. You mean Zahi Oas? Yeah. Um, actually, we'll talk about that in the alternative thing too. Oh man, I'm just really well, no, no. I mean, alternative zone. No, it just it's just the when Jacques Cousteau was doing diving off the coast, he found some weird anomaly stuff that it was all shut down because. The guy that was running Chile at the time, uh, Pinochet, who was like a, a dictator, um, he was, you know, pretty militant about that kind of stuff. Um, mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, so you have, you know, the island, like I said, it's it's pretty much in the middle of nowhere. You know, it's kind of by the Micronesia Islands and the Marquesi Islands, but it's kind of not. You know, everything's kind of in the Pacific. They're not really that close to each other. Um, yeah, it looks beautiful. Want to go? Go there. So, let's see here. Let me pull up. Uh, here's some uh, older maps. Here, let me get rid of that one. So what's the what's yeah what's going on there? So right? like, uh, well, okay. So the earliest known people to come there were um, I think it was um, I can pull up I think it was like December 22nd um, Do they have the exact date for this well, yeah it's uh, uh, da, 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 da. no I'm wrong oh, this guy's in a scramble oh, I, I'm wrong I'm wrong a fucking no no class no, no no I'm wrong I just I want to make sure I get it right the the uh, it was April 5th 1722 um which was Easter Sunday, hence the name Easter Island, where ah. Dutch explorer Jakob Ragavin, um, you know, came and, uh, yeah. yeah. Well, he claims he found it. There were clearly people there before. <laughs> and obviously, once the Europeans show up, so does, does, <laughs> so does disease and slavery yep. and rape and, and all that <laughs> nasty stuff. So, um, great times. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's kind of similar to if you want to say like Columbus coming to yeah. North America, or you know, Let's teach our kids Columbus and glorify that bastard. No, um, I mean, look, Columbus was a great explorer. Now you can teach that aspect of it and still not, you know, right? There doesn't need to be a Columbus Day. You know what I'm saying? Like, I stuff. just remember what they told told you in school. He was a great hero. Well, when we were in school, it was. <laughs> A lot different now than what's going on in school, I'm sure, in terms of agendas and what they're teaching. And, you know, the more we learn about certain situations like Columbus and how he wasn't really the first person. And, in fact, you know, you look at books like Graham Hancock's um, America Before, you know, and, and all that right. stuff. And it shows that there has been... Well, they're obviously American... Uh well, not just but not just Native Americans. I mean, they they don't know exactly. There's probably lots of people coming in and out. You know, they, we know the Vikings yeah. were coming a lot earlier. We know, um, you know, some of the Europeans might have reached the area. You know, there's other shows too that mm -hmm. they found weird artifacts from Europe. You know, from that date back to an earlier time, like Celtic times, stuff like that. So, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of stuff um, you can go to, but. Um, just because so, you make something popular doesn't mean you're the inventor, you know? Well, exactly. Um, and that's one of the main arguments for, you know, like, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, you know, the Great Pyramid. Some people say it's older because they think that Khufu found it and then 
you know. Yeah, that's crazy. Claimed it as his own. I don't really necessarily subscribe to that. Very cool story. You know, that's a that's a great movie. <laughs> yeah, there's some kind of story in there. So you know, here's a picture. Um, who is this painter? I forget his name, but you know, um, they brought. You know, the Europeans would come and you know take notes and and you know do paintings and I think this I forget the guy's name but there was a guy um, in the early days that would paint and uh, um, draw you know the stuff on Easter Island obviously they didn't have photographs back then and stuff so um, were they rich in any minerals or spices or anything so we'll get to that um, <laughs> the, well no the resources we the were. resources are part of I want to take a direct timeline here i'm not trying to jump ahead right, or sorry. jump behind I'm no not, no I'm done the question no you can ask questions i'm just saying i don't want to keep jumping back and forth it'll because it'll get confusing because right. there's so many different layers that's why we're doing an episode on no, this i'll let you flow with your ted talk go ahead uh, it's not it's not ted talk um it'd be banned if it was but <laughs> um so you've got that and then um you know the shows too back then you've got the uh the Moai with its top hat or top knot. Um, so let's get to the Rapa Nui people. So here you've got uh, an old drawing. I think some of these are by that same guy that just drew that last picture. This is actually an, obviously a real photograph. Um, I don't know when this was taken. I assume sometime in the... Uh, 1900s that's some old school shit here's a drawing by that same guy that was drawing that drew that the moai with the guy next to it I can't remember the guy's name I'll put it in the uh, thing yeah put that stuff in the description I really can't see these pictures but yeah you can't I'll go with <laughs> uh, word on it. Um so this is uh this dude's pretty scary looking if you could see this guy. I actually <laughs> I, I wanna this this new format, I gotta figure out how to screen share it so you can see it too. Maybe you can. Yeah, no worries. I don't as, know. As long as the audience can see it, that's what that's what well, the important part is. Yeah, so. they'll be able to see it. I just don't know um how to do it so you can see it too. Well, we'll figure that out. We're still working out some of the kinks, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for joining us, Mike and Maurice. <laughs> Episode 83. All right, so let's get to the cool stuff, which would be the Moai. Um, here's a diagram. Um, you've got the uh, the top knot or the pukau, which is made from red scoria which is a type of stone found or yeah, type of rock found on the Island. Um, most of the Moai are carved from uh, volcanic tuff, which is like, um, you know, found there's a couple different spots it's found, but there's a quarry where most of them were quarried out of called Ranu Rararku. Um, mm -hmm. and, uh, some of them still have the painted eyes. A lot of them don't. I'm sure most of them you've seen don't have the painted eyes. You know uh, what they used for the paint? Oh, I don't know if they're painted. I think they use coral to make them white. Oh, okay. They so, mash it up. Yeah, I don't. Paste. I don't know. I don't know exactly the the process in which they did it, but it was made from coral. Um, and then all the altars, like those 
those platforms that they all sit on they're called ahu which is basically like an altar and actually they can be found in other places like hawaii and other polynesian islands so it's not really specific just to easter island um so that's based this is the basic um you know diagram of the uh yeah the moai there i'm getting pictures now baby oh you I'm are all pumped up you yeah are? okay i wonder why you i'm watching before. it through the faith oh, through the youtube gotcha gotcha okay um so we've got that and then uh this is from the area that i was talking about the ranu raraku um that's kind of what you you were talking about pink floyd that's one of the images from the area i think that they had on some of their stuff yeah that's uh one of their later albums yeah the division that stuff's amazing yeah the division bell yeah they always have the best album covers that's one of the one well of the i think they bands. pink floyd did an amazing job of playing into the mystery of love you know like their music's mysterious their you know the way they carried themselves was somewhat mysterious and mystical you know this picture's phenomenal um so yeah that's an old one uh, i like that black and white the the contrast between the face and then the grass and here, then the sky that's beautiful here's a few different you know areas from around the island uh just like a little collage of the different kinds of moais you can see some of them have the red scoria top knots some of them don't um the one at the top in the middle there um ahu tangariki um that has the most moai of any area on the island and you can see even one of them has the top knot um and there's a legend which we'll get to later that says that that was like the final place of this huge battle that they had between these two like combating cults so um jeez yeah so there's we'll, we're gonna get into that um that's a I, that's one of my favorite pictures right there with like the milky way behind the the moai um yeah you go there as a photographer you just have a field day right because you could spend days just on one batch of structures the way the light hits it at different times of the day right all right so now we'll go any of these things to tell time or um that's a good question uh i'll actually look into that before we do part two um i don't think so i think they're so the story behind the moai and i'll just pull up an image while we talk about this so that's uh rano raraku which like i said was the uh um the uh the quarry from which all the that's like the volcanic tuff area that they were carving everything out of um uh-huh. But the Moai, um, they what they represented was like the deified ancestors of the Rapa Nui people. So like um, they thought or they believed that the dead ancestors would had like some sort of a symbolic relationship with the living and would like help them out and assist them with things they needed in life. So like if they did a good job of helping the the people that were alive, you know, the dead ancestors that like in return they would get a better spot in the spiritual realm so um all of the moai common theme along a lot of these tribes yeah yeah, all the moai on on the island face inward except for there's seven of them um and Mm -hmm. the seven 
that face outward towards the ocean, which they believe was like the spiritual realm. The seven Moai represent uh, King Hotu Matua's seven scouts. So what he did was there was this guy named Haumaka, and he had a dream of an island that was like the center of the earth. Um, and when he woke up from his dream, he told King Hatu Matua of this mythical island. The king then sent seven scouts from Hiva, which was, they think like modern day, it was maybe the Marquesas Islands um, or somewhere near, maybe like, you know, Polynesian Islands that was near there. Uh, he sent them out to find the, the island. Um, the seven mm-hmm. scouts found the island um, and returned back to Hiva to bring the king back to his new home uh, on Easter Island. So um, that's kind of like the mythology of why those seven ones face outward as opposed to inward. And that was kind of like the origin of maybe the islands where they first, you know, uh, came from or, or, you know, some, you know, they were exploring the different islands in that area. Um, so the other thing is on May 22nd, 1960, it was the largest recorded earthquake of all time, uh, 9.5 on the Richter scale. And it hit, uh, Valdivia, Chile. And the earthquake created this like massive tsunami. Uh, I think the waves were as high as like 35 feet and it knocked most of the Moai, off the Ahu Tangariki, that one that I just showed you that has thir- um, yeah. I, don't, I don't know if there's 13 maybe. I don't know, anyways, it has the most Moai on it, and they were, um, they had to restore them and uh, re erect them. Um, so, what you do you know, mean, knocked them down? They, the, well, the tight, the uh, tsunami waves knocked them over, like knocked them off the Ahu, which is and that they didn't pl- shatter. Uh, some of them are, are cracked and messed up, but I think a lot of them were able to be preserved. That's um, some strong material. Yeah, um, that Ahu Tangariki is also um, probably one of the most important megalithic sites in Polynesia um, and one of the largest. Um, Does it line up with any of the Vile of Vertices, those super magnetic spots around the world? I don't know. I would have to look into that. Are you talking about like the one how there's one like Arizona or Mexico? I forget. Yeah, I, th- yeah, I think... Uh, like the Bermuda Triangle. So the equivalent of like ley lines, like how Europe, like all the lines run through like the Great Pyramids and like all the, they're like supposedly maybe electromagnetic, some sort of connection to electromagnetic energy. It's definitely, I think the magnetic pole in those spots are stronger than others. And there were theories that if you could get into them, you could travel through them like a wormhole. Yeah. Hey. We'll have to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> Not on this one. Yeah. Um, so let me pull up that Ahu Tangariki, which we were talking about, which is the largest megalithic structure in Polynesia. There Where you go. Where do you get these images from? Uh, Adobe. Nice. They're pretty crisp. I took them. I specifically flew there for this episode. Yeah. And, and and did some you work were quick man you get out there within the week you get all your photos your no bag. i mean i have a lot of this information because we're gonna make that we were making we basically made well i wrote it out a short movie that we'll put out here soon where it has all this in like more organized fashion but i did a lot of this research for that and that's why we're doing an episode i figured why not we've got all the the info and the images and stuff so 
Um, that's one of there. Uh, that's a nice one with the night sky. Beautiful. And then here's a, it's pan- a nice wide angle lens. There's a panorama. real that's a, up This over is the here. panoramic view of when they were knocked over. Um, so anyone can just go there and do and visit this stuff, or yeah. I mean, I don't know what kind of about them getting chipped up. And well, I don't think you can do. You can't like do like excavating or anything like that. But if you want to go no, take pictures and like you know walk around the I'm island, I'm just wondering how rare that photo is where there's no one around there. You know. Well, um, there's not like these people wait for the obviously the longer exposures you can blend the people. I out, don't think there's like constant. I don't think there's constantly people just walking around the island like in large masses. I think it's it's hard to like get. If you look at Mat- Machu Picchu, you know. It's still hard to get to Easter Island. I mean, it's not it's not some easy flight, you know. It's in the middle of the ocean, you know. It's uh, I think there's one main city area called Hangaroa, which is like a port where like most people, that's where most of the people are, but then a lot of the par- parts of the island are just, you know, these megalithic, you know, structures and stuff that don't really have anybody inhabiting those areas of the island. Um so let's go back a little bit here. Yeah, yeah. So I was showing you that's where they carved the, as you can see, that's one that was was not finished um, at Ranu Raraku or Raraku. Um, And God uh, bless you for tackling these names because I could never do it. You know, there's some theories that they maybe had tools. Um, It's possible that they maybe had basalt like stones uh to hammer them out like little like they they know that the egyptians to to carve out the obelisks used like dolomite like hand rocks and just pounded them out because the rock that they were using to pound out was harder than the rock that they were pounding out so they think that that's a possibility um and uh so yeah that's one that was never fully carved out of the uh, quarry and then this is just a larger picture of that area um I mean, as you can see, you know, that's part. I think it's part of a, a an old volcano. That 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 aspect of it. Uh, well, get your flight, get your flying shoes ready. We're gonna yeah. head. Um. So we saw those. Um, None of these structures line up with stars or anything, though. I like I said, I'd have to. I don't think so, but I'd have to look into All it. Right. I mean, you know the celestial aspect or the uh uh call it um astro um you know alignment well the the astrological alignments um but like you know um it's just i don't i don't like i said i haven't looked into it enough to know whether that's you know a connection there i know at first when they found gobekli tepe they thought that, oh, it's just some primitive hunter-gatherer site, and now we've had, you know, Martin Sweatman on talking, you know, he wrote the book um, Prehistory Decoded, where he, uh, you know, uses archaeoastronomy to connect the stars to a lot of the uh, the animal uh, figures, uh, relief carvings right. on Gobekli Tepe. And actually, there's some people that connect Easter Island to Gobekli Tepe, uh, which would be some of Dr. Robert Schock's work, which we'll talk about in part two. Um, I have some, there's some correlating things possibly between some of the T-pillars and some of the stuff found on the Easter Island. Um, Might have so, cracked the code. Yeah. So, and then we've got the writing and the, the glyphs produced by um, um, 
East, the, the Rapa Nui people, which were, it's called the Rongo Rongo script. As you can see here, mm -hmm. they had their own, you know, language and writing. Um, the thing is too, is when it comes down to, um, stuff like this, obviously when the Europeans came, they made them burn. A lot of it was on wood and stuff and preserved, um, and the Europeans burned a lot of their stuff. They thought it was satanic. and Of course they did. That, yeah, exactly. And, and so there was a lot of stuff that was lost. There's still some stuff that they, they have that they can kind of draw from. But, um, you know, some of it's, you know, on wood tablets. Here's some more of the Rongo Rongo script. Um, you That's know. some elaborate art, man. That, yeah. That takes a while. Yep. Um, you know. Here's the uh, Santiago staff. So that's these two guys, Fisher and Barthel, trying to transcribe what was going on there. I, th I don't think... So, Go ahead. I was, so what's in, is there anything in question? Like, do people think that they weren't that smart and others are trying to prove that they were... Well, that's the argument. That's the argument with all this stuff. It's like some weird dance. So, like... Real archaeologists will say, oh, these people were amazing for their time. So that, that plays into this um, idea of uniformitarianism in which, um, you know, there's uh, this concept that everything's always going to be better than it was before, right? So they think, um, yeah, let me pull that up there. They have this idea that uh, this idea. Stay, stay on the topic, man. Get off the pictures for a second. Well, no, they have this idea that uh, you know most archaeologists that things were so primitive before, and then constantly right, right. over time evolves into where we are now. And then there's people that push back on it. You know, like John Anthony West used to say, it's like the Church of Progress, meaning that. You know, archaeologists believe that everything is always just going to be better than it was before, which not is not necessarily the case. Um, I mean, look at the Great Pyramids. You know, is they might be primitive in some ways, but we still don't know exactly how they built them, and we have all the technology exactly. at our fingers to this day. You know, so. Um, but so back to what you were saying. Do they think that? No, I don't think that they think they were dumb. I just think that they thought that they were more primitive than we were. Um, and the thing is about that is that's why you get a lot of these archaeologists that like, you know, I don't believe in like ancient alien stuff, but that's the fight is that the archaeologists are saying that ancient, ancient alien thing is almost like racist or something because it portrays, it says that there's no way these people could have figured this out on their own or, you know, figured that out, you know themselves and then you have the other people saying to the contrary that believe in like ancient aliens and alternative theories and stuff saying no these people were more advanced they did have this stuff so it's this weird dance that goes on i don't really get involved with it too much just because i'm more interested in like the knowledge aspect and just trying to understand where people's like consciousness and understanding of things was at to kind of you know help me build ideas about who they were and what they were doing so yeah the rongo rongo scripts were pretty much um you know destroyed for the most part they still have some stuff um and uh 
Yeah. That one cave that one cave uh, painting had that symbol, the line with the two the two dots. All right. Well, so yeah, we're gonna get to that on the uh, alternative thing because that's kind of considered alternative. And even though the guy that came up with the idea of the plasma, um, like the coronal mass ejection uh, theory with the stick figures and how it looked like that in the the, the night sky back then, based on these. Um, coronal mass ejections the way that it filters through the like our atmosphere um you would get that image where it's like a stick figure with like two dots on each side of it and he found those like all over the world um and he was correlating that you know him and robert shock to like the younger dry era. so instead of like a comet or asteroid impact that possibly there was some electrical storm you know sun uh, sunstorm type thing happening on on the Earth that was creating this this image that these people were recreating and all these uh, petroglyphs all over the world. Um, so weird, yeah. But yeah, so um, as far as the uh, the Rapa Nui people go, um, you know, there's still descendants there to this day. Um, we'll talk about the. Um, the DNA stuff and where some of the people might have originated from in part two, because that's considered pretty taboo. Um, but right now I want to talk about, um, what happened when they got there. Um, you know, what, uh, what happened to, you know, why did they, you know, fizzle out? There was a lot of, you know, speculation on why because at one point there was i forget how many people were on the island that lived on the island but there was a ton of people that lived on the island and then it just dwindled for no no apparent reason that they you know can discern from but then they've come up with the mainstreams come up with theories recently to the plague that's the well no well well okay so british invasion if you will yeah like obviously like syphilis and all that gross you know stuff like i said from from europe that found its way over there when the europeans started showing up but uh so they believe there's different timelines like like anything else all the stuff that we talk about there's always the timeline the mainstream timeline but then it can always change and then there's some people that believe certain things and then there's other dates for other things um some people think the Rapa Nui people migrated to Easter Island as early or as recently, I'm sorry, as three to 400 AD, which actually is a lot sooner um, than some scientists, which, which push it. Um, I'm sorry. They, the, most people think it's three to 400 AD. And then some people will push that back to 1200 AD. So that's a big difference. That's like almost a thousand years from like one aspect of the, uh, the uh the scientists you know the the closer end of the realm to the the more um distant end of the realm in terms of timelines um yeah these guys don't know what they're talking about well they because you can't you can't you can't radiocarbon date rock you know like there's a lot of things that hinder these things from like there's some things that science can easily figure out and then there's some things that it's harder to figure out and then they just piece around everything around it and formulate a picture, which I mean, I don't blame him. It's, it's a good way of doing things. It's just to say that this is certainly how it happened. And then, Oh wait, a new article comes out. Oh, we were wrong. You know? So it's like one of those things where you just have to have a little bit of, uh, 
humility, you know, patience, yeah, all that, and humility. Um, so when the, but you can't, you can't abandon all theory. That's the thing. There, the history's been written, and you can't abandon it right. at this point. These guys are gonna fight tooth and nail to, till the day they die. That Egypt is this. Well, let's let's not go down that road. So they believe that when they initially came to the island from like the other island, whether it's the Marquesas or Pitcairns or Micronesia or just other Polynesian islands, when they came to Easter Island, they originally had pigs, dogs, seeds, roots, rats. You know, they had a, they had it all. They believed that maybe the rats hitched a ride. Um, oh, for sure. But the rat might have been part of the downfall, which we'll, I'll get into that here in a few minutes after we talk a little bit about this other stuff first. But um, before the Rapa Nui got to Easter Island, it was filled with palm trees, okay? So um, if you look at Easter Island now, there's really the landscape doesn't have any trees. So, like, that's one of the conspiracy sides of things is that, you know, well, where are, you know, all the trees, you know, because that was what the mainstream people point to when they say how they moved the, um, the, uh, whatchamacallit, the, the, the Moai around. The stone? Yeah, there's just no, um, uh, trees left. So one of the theories with that is that they deforested the entire island. They they believe that when they use, they cut down the trees and they would make like sleds, you know. That's one of the theories. <laughs> so they had there's all these like roads, like these ancient roads found around the island. So that's part of the possibility. Um two um uh two roasted them. Two, it up. two, two uh, academic dudes, they did this thing where they put a team together and they put ropes around the top of the Moai and they proved that with rope that you could, you know, the, the theory is, or the legend goes, the Moai walked to their, their places, like they somehow walked to where they ended up, you know, the statues where they ended up being. So the these two academic guys found out that you could with ropes, if you tie it to the top of the Moai, you could like walk it back and forth. You know what I'm saying? Like one guy tugs one way and the other guy tugs the other way and then it slowly moves forward and it looks like the Moai is actually walking. So they think that that's one of the ways they could have gotten it to the position. Like I said, another theory is the sled theory. Yeah, it specifically looks like they were all pushed to the edges though. It's weird that there's none in the inland. Right. Well, there are some by that, the... Um, the volcano. That map you showed just showed them all around the edges. Well, yeah, most of them are around the edges because most of them look towards at the out sea at sea. Right, right. But I just wanted to show this picture of the landscape so you can see. There's you know you can't really see any trees. You know it's hard to get a mm-hmm. a good picture of the whole island like that. But right. when you think of that place, you don't think of very tropical. No, but it is in the but, it, Pacific. But, but before the Rapa Nui showed up, it was tropical. It was filled with palm trees. Um, I, I think there's 24 other species of trees and shrubs. Um, and I think they said the one guy that was studying this said by uh, 1400 AD, there was no palm trees left on the island. So that's why I would think that it's more what like... What happened? Well, I, I, we were talking like it, they could have gotten there at like three to 400 AD. Um, or as you know, close as 1200 AD. If it was 1200 AD, they deforested a whole 
island in 200 years. I guess maybe that's possible. But I think an earlier date would be more plausible just because I would think that if a whole island's filled with palm trees, you know, you yeah, got it just gives them more time to cut that stuff. Well, yeah, that and like you got to think that in a lifetime, how many of these Moais were built, how many of them were moved, you know, how many people were actually there. You know, I think it's all speculation. So to say a whole island was defeat. Okay, so Easter Island's only 64 square miles. So it's not really that huge, but, I mm-hmm. mean, palm trees are palm I, trees, you know. I think uh, they had Japanese beetles. Well, that's we'll get into. Nibbling away at Not the that specifically, system. but we'll get into that possible aspect so by 1400 ad there's no palm trees left on the island um professor john finley or flenley i'm sorry suggested that it was the clearest the clearest example in the world uh of of a deforested island meaning that it's like the best evidence that we can we've ever had that people deforested a a whole island well there he is ladies and gentlemen michael Maisie's back in the house yeah sorry about that (laughs) that was weird i don't know what happened um my you know what i think that if if they cut the trees down those people back in those days they use stuff they don't just cut shit down for no reason so i I think they had a good reason to use the trees if that's the point If if that's actually what happened right i don't think they were wasting it you know of any people back in those days that wasted the indians would use every little crack crease and crevice of the animal right well okay okay so i was talking about how that guy said it was the the best example of deforestation that you know has ever been recorded or whatever uh uh so they used the the palm trees to build canoes homes uh and they they obviously, like like I said, possibly think that they had a hand in moving the Moai. Um, All right, that makes a little more sense. Yeah, and they built the canoes from the palm trees so they could deep-sea fish. I guess they fished for uh, porpoise and tuna. Um, they consumed the native land birds, too, pretty much into extinction. I think there's only, like, a couple. <laughs> Gotta eat. Yeah, there's a couple Gotta species. Yeah. And they severely reduced the numbers of the migratory birds of the islands there. Um, also, the birds... It bir- sounds like these islands couldn't couldn't handle the humans, that's well, it, all. Exactly. It's almost like the, the... Obviously, we destroyed... The humans destroyed the island, but that... Um, the resources, and then here, I think this is an important example. By, by, getting, by eating the birds into, you know, extinction from that area... It messed up the ecosystem because mm-hmm. the migratory birds would eat the seeds. They take dumps, and then everything would regrow. <laughs> Seriously, I'm not. I'm not joking. So, like, right, the no- yeah, they spread shit around. Yeah, for sure. So, um, by reducing the numbers, they screwed up the whole ecosystem of the island, um, and the birds were super important to that. Um, I think it says today only one species of seabird still lays its eggs lays its eggs on the island. Um, <laughs> out of the 22 species that used to live on the island. So that's crazy. Um, yeah. I wonder so, what the population is is there now. Let me look that up. So they think that was part of the uh, part of the story for the, the mainstream end of things. Another one of why they think that the population on Easter Island diminished so much was um, the invasive Polynesian rat uh, might have played a role in deforestation because they were eating all the palm nuts, which obviously are what's needed to grow new palm trees. So instead of like the palm nuts going into the ground and slowly, you know, regrowing the, the palm forest, um, 
the rats were eating them, the rats that hitched a ride, you know, maybe there wasn't rats there before, which was probably the case. Um, as of 2012, only 5,700 people lived on the, live on the island. Wow. So look up the resources are very skimp to nil. There. L- look up how many people were on the island in, in its heyday. Um, there's other theories too that there was rival tribes which we'll you know we'll talk about a little bit here but we'll talk about it more in part two which would be the Hanu Epe and the uh, Hanau it's Hanau Epe and Hanau Momoko um the Epes were the people with the long ears and the Momokos were the people with the short ears. They think that the Hanau people or the Epe people were possibly like South American or Peruvian uh, ancestry. And they think that um, the Momoko people were possibly, which are the people that are survived today are the Polynesian people that wiped them out um, off the Island. So they think they that, said- Go ahead. I suggest in their heyday, 17,500 people. Wow. At its peak. Back to the story, Michael. <laughs> um, so that's crazy. Yeah, I mean, if you think about, uh, here's... The, a, rise and, the rise and fall of a society. So here's the one I was talking about earlier, the Ahu Akivi, which was the seven that face out towards the sea they're the only seven that face outwards let me pull up uh you can see there they're facing outwards um and that's like i said that was tied to that legend about the uh, king that sent the seven scouts out there so there's like a lot of different that's the other thing about um easter island there's a few different like legends and mythologies associated with it you've got the one with the seven scouts um, you know, the talk guy, about a picture. This thing is a yeah delight. And then you've got uh, the legend I just said about the the great war between the long ears and the short ears. It seemed like, you know, we'll talk about like I said more in, in part two. But there's the got to th- be some truth to this stuff. The theory that some of the people came from maybe South America or Peru, and that some of the other people are obviously of Polynesian descent. So you know, there's probably some sort of warring going on there. Um. And, uh, yeah, so, but back to the theories of what happened to all the people. So we've got the idea that they deforested the whole island um, and used all of the trees um, to, to move the moai and deep sea fish and all that stuff. Um, you've also got the idea that they ate all the uh, migratory birds on the island near extinction, and those birds weren't able to you know, provide for the ecosystem with eating seeds and taking shits everywhere and stuff like that. Um, and uh, then you've got the idea of the rats, which rats, I mean, I don't, have you ever seen that, that documentary on Netflix called rats? These things are <laughs> vicious, crazy. Thing. Is it like Sharknado? No, it's real. It's just, just about like, Oh, it's not r- comedy. No, it's rats! just, it's just about like how rats are just crazy creatures. Um, they're disgusting vermin. You ever you know what a rat king is? And I don't mean the yeah, like when they're ninja turtles. when their tails get all like intertwined and they yeah, becomes like one one living organism type thing. Um, yeah, there've done studies too where rats that have no connection to one another, like one rat right. will start doing something on one 
side of the world and then rats on the other side of the world will start learning that exact thing and doing that exact thing without any sort of communication between the two which is kind of weird I've heard that a lot before too and if anybody knows more information on that or an article please leave that in the comment section because I want to get to the root of that matter um, I know Rupert Sheldrick does a lot of work with that kind of stuff like almost not necessarily psychic but that side we've all thrown that that theory around i just want to read the actual article because i don't know if it was a myth that we've created or if it's a real thing yeah i mean that's what humans do though (laughs) create myths and then they come true um so another theory was is that once they deforested the island they couldn't get get off so if they if they used up all the wood there's no way for them they've locked themselves onto that island and then to further to further punish their situation they ate a lot of the stuff into extinction you know you had the rats you had them eating all the seabirds that weren't able to provide for the ecosystem it was kind of like this big swirl kind of mammal action they got on that well like i said i don't think that there was much they brought pigs and stuff but they probably ate them all obviously right Um, well then before they could reproduce they got a little crazy basically the mainstream idea of what happened was is that they got stuck on an island that they had used up all the resources so Mm -hmm. i mean it's kind of an analogy for earth too right you know like we could get stuck on this planet and not have any resource i don't think it's going to happen it's a miniature version of it yeah i don't think it's going to happen anytime in the next like 100 years but i mean we're talking all the world's very big right but it's it's just like a little you know story to uh what are beaks you know with like hey let's let's get our shit together and i'm not yeah if you're teaching your kids about columbus i get it yeah you're all part of america but you got to teach them stuff like this because this is not only uh a history lesson it gives you there's morals to it all well there's that other thing too i, I don't know if i think i was talking about on our camping trip remember we had that earth or uh, environmental science class Ooh, uh, yeah um where we did the experiment it's like a fruit fly experiment where you put them in the bottles and they have enough air and resources to multiply and then to a certain point they all die and suffocate because there's no more air there's no more resources there's nothing left in there precisely Uh, so it's kind of like one of those scenarios where you've got yourself like locked into a situation and then you have to use up all your resources to stay alive and in the process you know of couple generations you have all these people getting wiped out you know which could lead to even what we were talking about what i was talking about about the war between the long years and the short years maybe it was a war you know we think of that situation it's like oh these people are different so they hate each other you know like almost some sort of racial thing but in in reality it might have been to fight over resources you know oh yeah that's definitely a possibility over land over resources um yeah so yeah, so that's kind of where the the theories go about what happened to uh, all the people as on the island. As far as mainstream media. Yeah, yeah, talking. yeah. And you know, you've got, like I said, you've got all the disease stuff too, which we know obviously has an effect. Um, you know. Uh, a cough and a handshake, I like to call it. Right. Um, and then once, you know, all that stuff happened, they had to kind of reel back and they weren't able to get porpoise and tuna and deep sea fish you know then they were probably scavenged scavenging the island for like mollusks and clams and crabs mm-hmm. and you know but you're basically trapped so whatever you can scavenge you know um 
they, they had to get better uh, woodworking skills and focus less on the stone carving. Well, that all happened before. This is what we're talking about is what happened after. So they couldn't, gotcha. they weren't, you know, maybe, oh, I guess that's a theory too. You could say that maybe they initially used wood and once they ran out of wood, they then used that rope technique I was talking about where they would walk it back and forth by tying rope to the head and, you know, wiggling it back and forth basically. Yeah. Um, Man, what these people used to do, that seems in, like an incredible waste of time, but... To them, it was. If you're talking about it today, so they've achieved something. But think about what people do. Like belief is a powerful thing. Whether you believe in a god or not, think about all the people that have done things in the name of God that are either great or horrific. You know. Let's see. There he is. Yeah, I think I maybe just need to get a new mic cable. Is what it is. Because that's bullshit. I don't know. Um, let's, uh, you know, let's let's wrap something up here. No, I'm, you know? I'm not going to wrap it up. In fact, I'm going raw. <laughs> I'm going raw right now. Okay. Um, raw dog. <laughs> uh, so what I was talking about though was this idea that all these things coming together to kind of screw these people over. Um, but then there was the warring aspect of it too. And I, I know, um, obviously we had a couple little technical difficulties, but it was only for less than a minute, so we're we're good. Um. The researchers believe that the island uh, was kind of a hostile place after all these resources were were diminished, um, and different clans would fight over different resources. Um, they found uh, skulls with like you know traumatic injuries, whether it's you know obsidian axe, um, you know marks in in, in skulls and. Barbarian battles. Um, yeah, and they also found, you know, tools and different things. Um, but, uh, yeah, there's a lot of trauma on some of the bones from fighting. Um, and uh, some of the there's a lot of caves around the islands. I don't have any pictures of those. I'll try and find some um, for the next episode. Uh, but there's a lot of caves around the islands where people were, like, barricading the entrance. So it was kind of like a little home, like a little, you know, underground home. But then they would barricade the entrances, you know, which would, you know, there's still barricades to this day in some of them, which would kind of signify that there was, you know, obviously intentions to keep people out of some of these areas, you know. So, um, and then you get into the whole um, uh, Tangata uh, Manu or the Birdman cult. Um, and the Birdman competition was um, this competition where every year um, you would have these people, like it was like a race kind of to get to this smaller little offset island to get the egg of this um, tern, which is a type of bird. Um, and uh, you were basically kind of like king from the, you know, like you were like the king of the island or like the winner of this uh thing let me pull up uh some Man, of this stuff that here. sounds like a good time yeah talk about a fun game of capture the flag yep that's plus that egg's probably delicious <laughs> so that's the turn that they used to um you know battle over the egg for um here's the little island that that's like off of easter island where they used to what they would do is they would jump off the cliffs or swim or get to the island. It was like a race. And I guess like burning man, tons of people died though. People would get eaten by sharks. Not burning man. It's like, it's like, uh, the iron man competition. Yeah. People would, 
people would get eaten by sharks. People would get um, crushed <laughs> on the cliffs. People would drown. I mean, there was a lot of people that died, but there was a lot of people. That, now that's Iron Man. There was a lot of people willing to step up to the to the challenge and, and make it happen, you know. So there's that. Yeah. Um, and then uh, so you've got – and then, look, this is – we'll get into this. There's some correlation between this and other – uh, megalithic structures uh, but this is you know the bird symbol carved into the back of one of the moais for the the make make which was like the god of the uh, Birdman cult um and that's like a statue of they think too like the statue represents what people were kind of like malnourished and they had like a like a gaunt look to them because they had no resources so people were like super skinny and like kind of uh well, yeah in the later years that you'd be better believe it right so they think that that's some of the the stuff that was happening there so um but yeah we can any, ha- any handbags <laughs> knowing well no ancient handbags but the way that the hands around the base of the moai we'll talk about that on the next episode kind of similar to some of the other stuff. There's also a kneeling moai, which I'll bring up next time, um, that is this has a similar look to a couple other statues in South America. So um, that could tie nice. that, that whole thing together with maybe some of the people were from South America, Peru, so maybe some of the people were from Polynesia kind of a thing. So Oh, I think that there's a little truth to all that probably. Right. So, yeah, you have any questions? Very nice. Well, I, I, every question I have is going to be uh, covered in the next episode. And then, so, and then, <laughs> yeah, I got a bunch of questions. And then in the next episode, <laughs> I, in the next episode, I'm going to say no because yeah. there's another episode. <laughs> well, and we're gonna getting... and we're gonna lock you in, and we're just gonna keep going down episodes. No, I'm it was joking. a good episode today. I those little technical difficulties we got to iron out the the, the details. The, 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 yeah, it might just be we'll get it. might just be my mic cables. What I'm thinking, because I, I don't know why. I don't see any other reason why, unless there's a problem with like Skype or something like that. But I don't think so. I like the slideshow. I think we, once we get that down pat, we're gonna we're gonna have a nice little show for you guys out there. So thanks everybody for joining us. Mike yeah. and Maurice here. Check us out at our website www.mikeandmauricemindescape.com. Check us out on Patreon. Uh, patreon.com slash Mike and Maurice. So please somebody sign up. It's, it's getting pathetic there. We've, <laughs> we've got nobody signed up there. Um, and this stuff isn't free. We're not complaining. I like doing it. So either way, I'm going to continue to do it, but um, yeah. So, but thanks for uh, checking us out. Look, f- look for part two. I don't know when exactly we're going to do it sometime within the next week. Um, but we are going live on Friday. so We will be live on Friday with our buddy Andrew uh, Tischler, and we're going to be doing a lot of philosophy stuff, you know, Socrates, Plato, uh, Descartes, that kind of stuff. So, But uh, thanks for checking us out. Peace. See ya.